So in our first reading, uh, it's taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, and he uses a line here which uh, is often quoted with slightly different language, uh, a slightly different translation. I'll, I'll read it to you as it's written here, and then I'll give you the other version of it as well. Um, so here, what Paul writes is, however great the number of sins committed, grace was ever greater. Whatever number, however great the number of sins committed, grace was ever greater. It's often translated, or the more kind of common expression is where, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Where, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And that's, it's a, just a wonderful reality and truth to, to meditate on as well, also for us, for me. Uh, rather than seeing everybody else as sinners, and thank God there's grace for them, because Lord knows they're going to need it. Um, more the case of, uh, thank God there's grace abounding for me, because I need it. You know, like to, to know that, that I have been forgiven, I have been carried, I have been washed clean, I've been prepared for heaven through, through God's grace. Wherever sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. The interesting thing about this reality, though, is we've meditated on this a number of times, that sometimes we deem ourselves unworthy of this grace. Like... There's a couple of extremes here, a couple of different experiences. It's hard to, to, to summarize them all. But some people, there are some who don't go to confession very often. Okay? Uh, and this has a number of consequences. It, it can mean that when they do go back to confession, they don't confess very well. You know, they don't go to confession very often. They go once every eight years, nine years. And then they go to confession, they say, well, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Not a whole pile to say, really. When was the confession? Last confession? Uh, seven years. You haven't a whole pile to say after seven years. Okay. Have you ever missed Mass? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. That would be mortal sin. Um, how are things with the family? Uh, sure, not great. Not talking to the brother, not talking to the sister, not talking to the wife, not talking to my oldest son. Right, okay, some issues there. How are you getting on with your parents? Uh, don't talk to my dad. You know, uh, a little bit, bit defrauding here and there. Some lies, some pornography, uh, some... Mm-mm-mm. Who knows what? Dishonesty at work, whatever it may be. I mean, a whole ream of things. So there are some who don't go very often, and because of that, they don't know how to do an examination of conscience. Uh, there are others then who don't go very often, but when they do, my goodness, it all, it all just comes out, which is great. Thank God. Thank God. That's what it's for. Confession is really for... It's, it's the, I think Father Mike calls confession, or he calls the priest in the confessional, he's like the bin man. You know, it's his job to take out all the trash trash i said trash it's his job to take out all the rubbish right uh it's you know that, that, that's what that's what he's supposed to do it's not his job to go through the trash and say oh look at that <laughs> you know we don't go through the rubbish to see what the what, what's going on there our job is to take it out and get rid of it you know we're just like the intermediaries here yes the priest does say i absolve you the priest uh the jesus does work directly through the priest yes but it's God's mercy, ultimately, that's forgiving the person their sin. So where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. No matter how much sin amounts, it can never overcome the infinite grace won for us on the cross. Again, this is a source of consolation. So if we don't go very often because of that, our confessions are bad, hopefully we can learn how to confess properly. And again, the whole idea of an examination of conscience is kind of lost today. Um, something that we need to... to discover again but again not to not it's not about making people feel guilty it's very like when you go to the doctor and the doctor asks how are you which is kind of a ridiculous question for the doctor to ask because if you were fine 
you wouldn't be there. But that's the way the conversation has to start. So he'll say, well, how are you? And if in your politeness you say, oh, I'm grand, he'll say, right. Is there anything I can do for you? <laughs> like, why are you here? Oh, sure, look. And I, I, I've told this story before, but there was a priest, a friend of mine, he was in his mid-80s at the time, and uh, he had to go to the doctor. So he went to the doctor and he came back, and the family asked him, so, so Larry, how would you get on to the doctors? Um, he said I was fine. Oh, really? What do you mean he said you were fine? He said, yeah, we just chatted there for a while, and, and he said, yeah, he said, didn't see any issues. Okay. Did you tell him that um, you can't sleep? No, 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 I didn't tell him that. No, 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 didn't tell him that. Did you tell him that you're having trouble going to the, you know, going to the bathroom? Oh, Jenny, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be telling him that. Okay, did you tell him that you're, you've got desperate pain in your left knee? Jenny, no. So you went to the doctor and you told him nothing. Are you surprised that he gives you a clean bill of health? Like, if you're not honest with him, he can't help you, right? It's not that you're actually healthy, it's that you didn't tell him what's wrong with you. Similarly, in confession, you go to confession and you say, well, sure, look, I don't know, forgot to feed the dog once, I feel pretty bad about that. Uh, that's kind of it. <laughs> like, but you're not telling him about all the stuff you're watching on the internet or uh, your, your struggles with, with maintaining unity in the family or forgiving a certain person. You don't tell him all the real stuff. Sure, how, how is, is the priest supposed to help you or how will you benefit from the grace of the sacrament? Because you're not applying the grace of the sacrament to your actual sins. Do you know, I'm, I'm not asking God for the grace to be able to forgive my father, brother, sister, mother. I'm not asking for that grace, so chances are I won't get that grace, and then chances are that situation will not improve. So where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, but I still have to ask for that grace for that situation. I have to be aware that I need God's grace to forgive my dad, to forgive my mom, to forgive my sister, or whoever it was who took half the will, or whatever situation it was in the family. If I don't apply the grace to the concrete situation, then no surprise, the concrete situation doesn't change. Even though, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. The grace is there, it is available. But it's like you have to, you know, use it. But take the grace, and, or receive the grace, accept the grace, and apply it, use it, in the concrete situation where it's necessary. Ultimately, see, grace won't, won't work against our will. If I don't want to forgive a person, the Lord's grace is available to me, but I just I don't want it. I don't want it. I mean, there's this broken relationship in my family or uh, with a neighbor or a friend, and I don't want to fix it. It's fine. Leave them off. I don't care. The grace is there, but I don't want it. Well, then nothing is going to change. If we don't change it, we choose it. So sometimes, as I say, people don't confess well, because they don't know how to do an examination of conscience. So they confess kind of superficial things rather than getting down to it. Some people then, when they come back to confession, they, there's an avalanche of, of stuff, which is much better from a priest's perspective because it's much more real. It's like going to the doctor and you actually tell him, you know, I have trouble sleeping, I have trouble going to the bathroom, my, my, my left knee is wrecked. Okay, well, let's get an MRI. Let's get some cod liver oil, flat seven up, whatever the, whatever the, the, the cure is. Okay, and... So they get on with, with getting better. That's how it's supposed to be. You go to confession and you're actually honest. Then you can experience God's grace. Why? Because where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Lord, I need your grace for this particular situation. I'm struggling and I'm losing. Then for those who confess regularly, there can be the absolute annoyance, right? The absolute frustration of more or less confessing the same things every time. 
<clears throat> and wondering why on earth things aren't improving. Like, Lord, I, I keep confessing the same things. I mean, I, I would really prefer that these things, since I confessed them last time, hadn't occurred since the last confession. Okay, some pros and cons to this. It's good that suddenly homicide or adultery hasn't made the list. Okay, it's good. That's a good thing, right? So it's good that, like, if the sins are, are a certain few, these are kind of these are your areas of weakness, and it's, it's good that you know you suddenly haven't developed alcoholism uh, or some issue. Okay, so these these are these three, four, five uh, sins. These are this is your battlefield. Okay. At least you know where your weaknesses are. You know what you're struggling with. You know where the fight is. You know what you have to do. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Okay, so I struggle with addiction to whatever it is. I struggle with forgiveness. Okay. What can you do practically to overcome that? And sometimes, you know, we can be... Uh, it's, when, when a person is, 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 has undertaken a journey of faith for a number of years, when we want to, we can over-spiritualize things, right? When we want, it's very easy to say, yes, I suppose I should, I should do a novena for that, or I should go to Medjugorje for that, or I should pray for that, which you should, please, and please do, rather than saying, maybe I should give them a call, you know? Maybe I should send them a Christmas card or a birthday card. That might be actually way harder than paying 800 euro and going to Medjugorje. You know, having to actually talk to the Egypt rather than, you know, just praying for him can be way harder. You know, because it can cost much more of your will. So, yes, we can and should be prayerful and discerning about these things and 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 practical. So, people who struggle with, you know, watching. Uh, either watching too much internet or watching bad stuff on the internet. Okay, where do you keep your phone at night? Beside your bed. Uh-huh. Bingo. There's your problem. Of course, if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's the phone, boo 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 you can either spend two hours watching TikToks of mountain bikers crashes. I, I, get, I keep getting, getting sent this link for, what do they call it? Uh, mountain bike fails or uh, tragic Tuesdays or something like that. And my goodness, some of the crashes. But like, you, know, you, you find yourself watching that for 20 minutes. Ooh, ooh, oh, wow, oh, no, that's going to hurt. You know, and then you wake up tired and you wonder why. And there you are dragging yourself. That, that wasn't me last night, by the way. If I'm tired today. Nothing, I wasn't watching that last night. Uh, but, uh, you know, this kind of, so, so the solution to being tired at work and therefore being ratty with your children and therefore, da, 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 what's the solution? Charge your phone in the living room. That's the solution. Oh, but I need my alarm. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get a, a wind-up digital, a wind-up analog clocky thing with a little knockery bell thing, all right? Do absolutely fine. You don't need your phone for your alarm. Uh, that's why, actually, I've got this digital watch thing which vibrates like crazy when the alarm goes off. So I don't need the phone. I don't need the phone. Beside the bed. Good idea. It's, it's just being practical. Rather than saying, you know, I just need to pray about this a little more. See how we go. Yeah, you need to pray about it. Yeah, 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 yeah and charge your phone in the living room. Trust me, you'll sleep better and you're distancing yourself from temptation. You know, so, so it's not just, these aren't just kind of uh, spiritual issues. Our, the spiritual issues are often resolved with practical solutions. So if there's a broken relationship, is there anything you can practically do to fix it, to contact the person? Now, maybe you've already tried and it hasn't worked. 
that can happen too. Well, then you've done your part. You've done your part. Continue to pray for them. Or if there's uh, someone you haven't forgiven, okay, is there something you can concretely do? How about every day praying for the grace to forgive that person? Concretely raising them up to the Lord and, Lord, please bless them. Bless them and change me. So we can be very concrete in our prayers. So where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. But this isn't an excuse to be, uh, for those who are, have undertaken already a, a journey with the Lord, it's not an excuse to over-spiritualize things and forget about the fact that we need to be practical also in our solutions with issues or with people. In all of this, the foundation is that we believe God's grace can overcome all things. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Which means we should never despair. We can be and will be occasionally discouraged. Uh, discouraged courage. This is a whole other homily, which I won't go into. So courage it comes from two words. Cor agire. Cor is heart. And agire, or agire in, in Latin, is to act. So it's the heart to act, right? Discourage is that I now have no heart to act anymore. So I'm discouraged. You know, I just don't want to do anything. I'm just discouraged. It's like the heart has been taken out of me. Now this can happen, you know, with our own struggle, with our own weaknesses, our struggles with other people. Uh, or the world situation, whatever it may be, we can be discouraged, just lose the heart to act. And if so, where sin abounds, grace abounds, all the more. We go back to the Lord for a new heart. We go back to the Lord to be encouraged, to get our heart to act back. May the Lord strengthen us, may he heal us, May we always be confident that whatever we've done, however far we have fallen, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Amen.